Okay, picture this. It's Friday afternoon when a thought hits you. I can spend another weekend doing the same old whatever, or I can hop into my all-new Hyundai Santa Fe and hit the road. With available H-Track all-wheel drive and three-row seating, my whole family can head deep into the wild. Conquer the weekend in the all-new Hyundai Santa Fe. Visit HyundaiUSA.com or call 562-314-4603 for more details. Hyundai, there's joy in every journey. This Ben Jarofsky Show, Benny J Bonus Interview is brought to you in part by the International Association of Machinists and Aerospace Workers, Local 126 in District 8, the International Brotherhood of Electrical Workers, Local 9, the International Union of Operating Engineers, Local 150, and the Chicago Federation of Labor. Benny J, take it away. It is Tuesday, December 31st, 2019, and that means, folks, it's the last day of the calendar year. <laughs> I'm crying because I missed 2019. Not really. Uh, Man, it seems like the years get worse. I don't know. They're supposed to get better. Ah, oh, glass <laughs> half empty over at the Jarosky household. Anyway, it's bonus time to Ben Jarosky's show. So this is going to air on New Year's Day of 2020. That's going to air tonight, New Year's Eve night. Oh, for Christ's sake. What would a 2019 countdown be if it's not released at least a 2019, right? Oh, for goodness sakes. Right, the point is, you can listen to it any time in the new year. There could be people listening to this in the year... 2525. That's correct. Thank you, Robert Mueller. In the year 2525. Uh, anyway, as we do on all bonus uh, shows, I ask our distinguished guest to introduce him or herself. So, distinguished guest, introduce yourself. Hi, my name's Dennis Sheeter. I'm the producer <laughs> of The Ben Jarofsky Show. And I'll be your guest for uh, the next uh, 30 it, minutes or so. First question I have to ask you, Dennis, uh, is it true that back home in uh, Alton they call you White Lightning? No, <laughs> not at all. I hear a lot of people back home call you Dr. D. Nope, just D, uh, Dennis. All right. Anyway, uh, so what we're doing here, we're completing the list uh, of top stories, top 10, correct, D? Yeah. Attaboy. Uh, correct. Uh, 10 stories of the year, and they're the top 10 stories because I talked a lot about them. On the show, I talked about him. Dennis talked about him. Dennis wrote news stories about him. Guests came on and talked about him. I'll probably be still talking about him in the year 2020, in the year 2525 as well. So why don't uh, you update folks on what the th we've already been through five of them, correct? Yes, sir. Give me the ball, Ben. Give All me right, the ball. Here's a chess pass. Thank you very much. How's like it going, everyone? Thanks for downloading. We really appreciate it. My name is Dennis. We uh, hope you have a safe New Year's Eve. Happy New Year. And once again. Not a doctor <laughs> at all. But definitely white lightning. No, not really. Okay, our top 10 Chicago and or Illinois stories countdown continues. And as you can tell by the title, we've made it to number five. Before we get into it, we'll list off our 10 through six top stories. For those who didn't hear it, by the way, if you didn't hear it, you could download it whenever uh, this is over at wherever else you download podcast. Go check it out. Okay. Number 10 was Governor Pritzker's fair tax initiative getting on the 2020 ballot. We talked about that quite a bit on the show. Number nine was that damn alligator in the Humboldt Park Lagoon. 
Ben, what were your thoughts on that? Well, I uh, I was really felt sorry for Gator Bob, as I recall. But yeah. uh, that's a c- classic animal story. We talked a lot about this the last show. And then you mixed up Alligator Rob's name. You thought it was Alligator Ed? I still think it's Alligator oh, Ed. Oh, you're wrong. Uh, and, uh, but later, the, uh, one of our guests on the show pointed out, uh, young Joshua was on the show. He pointed out that it's really a story about gentrification in Humboldt Park, uh, largely missed. That that was a phenomenon that really fascinated the hipsters who have been flooding and flocking uh, Humboldt Park. Oh, we really love this alligator. Uh, <laughs> I've seen a whole lot of catfish, some turtles. Uh, no gators yet, though. No gators yet. Uh, and uh, so, yeah, I think it's sort of like a gentrification story. So number man. nine was that damn alligator in the Humboldt Park mm-hmm. Lagoon. Number eight, Confederate Railroad Gate. Number seven, Rahm Emanuel, the ABC pundit. Ben had fun talking about that one. And we last left with number six, the Lincoln Yards development deal gets approved. Oh, man. I'll tell you those last two. You just drop those two down. Rahm is a pundit and why anyone in the Democratic Party would listen to him. And Democrats, why are you listening to him? The conventional wisdom of the Democratic Party has got you Donald John Trump, why are you still following the conventional wisdom theorists of the Democratic Party? Oh, we really like them a lot. Oh, well, that's the answer. Okay. Keep going, Ben. Keep going with the uh, Lincoln Yards. Talk these people into downloading this. Lincoln Yards. Lincoln Yards. Don't get me started on that one, day. Lincoln Yards uh, points out the utter hypocrisy of my peop- my fellow Chicagoans were willing to spend $1.3 billion of our property tax dollars uh, subsidizing underwriting and upscale development in an already gentrifying area, and yet we claim we have no money for teachers and nurses and pension payments for cops and pension payments for firefighters. There's something wrong with our priorities, ladies and gentlemen. I can go on and on about that. Let me get started on the uh, defense budget. <coughs> sure, seven hundred thirty-eight billion. That's billion with the B. All right, we have seven hundred thirty-eight billion dollars blank check. We wrote to Donald John Trump. He can spend it on anything he wants, but we don't have money for pensions, huh? Something weird about that, folks. Okay, don't get me started. All right, now you're like yelling. Okay. <laughs> All right, so there you go. That was a 10 through 6. Five more to go. Once again, thank you for downloading. Let's get started. Mm. It's the top 10 Chicago and or Illinois stories. By the way, I do what? not know these stories. I just want people to know this. I'm riffing on this okay. stuff. You don't have to admit that. <laughs> oh, sorry. All right, here we go. It's the top 10 Chicago and or Illinois stories of 2019. I love the music. Number. Wait, no, I've lost track. Hey, let the radio guy oh, do sorry, it. sorry, yeah. <laughs> number five. Oh, five, right. That's, All right. Yeah, I should have known. We're at number five. Number five. And my God, we have talked about this story so much on this program. June 26th, 2019. Illinois Governor J.B. Pritzker signs into law the legalization of recreational marijuana. <laughs> making Illinois the 11th in the country to do so. This law goes in effect tomorrow, and there's a good chance that as we record this, Ben Jarofsky, at 4.30 in the afternoon, New Year's Eve, that somewhere in this state, 
There is someone camped outside the door of their new local recreational cannabis <laughs> shop. Like they're in line to see Star Wars wanting to buy this legal reefer. The new law allows Illinois residents who are 21 and older to possess up to 30 grams of cannabis flower, 5 grams of concentrate, and 500 milligrams of THC in products such as edibles. And hey, there's even better news about this news. It will also expunge the records of 800,000 people with criminal records as a result of purchasing or possessing 30 grams or less of marijuana. Listen, we just did an entire hour about this. <laughs> it's hour number two of our December 31st show. <laughs> Go download that yeah. too. Yay, legal weed number five. Yes, uh, yay, legal weed. And let me just say this. Uh, D said I'm a glass half empty guy. So let me be glass half full. There we go. All right. That's I'm the be, New Year spirit. The, the New Year spirit. I'm positive on this story. I've been clamoring for the legalization of reefer for years. Uh, Mick Dumpke and I were lone voices in the wilderness clamoring for, at least in, the, in terms of the Chicago media. Uh, most people in the city were very, uh, what word would I use, ambivalent about it at best. Uh, they smoked it, but they didn't want anybody to know they smoked it. Uh, they were ashamed that they smoke, smoked it. Uh, they were playing along with the notion that there was something wrong with it, even though they were lifelong users of it. This utter hypocrisy of America regard to weed. Uh, I think I took great delight, D, in pointing that out probably more than anything else. And of course, the king topper of it all, that black people got uh, locked up for it, which is a disgrace. And uh, I always wish that if we that we had um, field trips back to the courthouses in the early part of the century, so Chicagoans could see firsthand how unfair the system was. So I wish we could take kids from Chicago public school, white kids from Chicago, but better yet. Better yet than even that. Take kids from Nutrier East and Lake Forest and Oak Park High, etc., and make them go down to uh, the 55th Street uh, Courthouse and watch their peers, their black peers, getting lined up and uh, uh, pushed through the system, handcuffs for smoking reefer. And then they'd realize how hypocritical our country is. But wait a minute. Wasn't I going to be glass half full? What's that? Yeah. Okay. I'm upset. So it's really great that we made this step, and I'm really into reefer culture. Everybody knows that, uh, and so I'm I'm looking forward to making strides in the area of legal weed. Uh, have. Uh, exploring the medicinal purposes that it has, how it can help people deal with their anxieties, their demons, their pains. Because let's face it, folks, life is filled with pain, and we all need a little help, and maybe ibuprofen isn't the drug of choice for everybody out there. Some people I know like ibuprofen, or ID loves ibuprofen. Oh, yeah. Uh, <laughs> so, uh, it's my thing. So I, I welcome this. I take delight in it. Uh, it's one of my favorite stories of the year, how we overcame the utter hypocrisy and how it so fast, it happened so relatively quickly. I like to, I pointed this out earlier, I'll point it out again, this ties to, two together. Dems, don't listen to Mayor Rahm. Mayor Rahm in 2014, when he announced he was gonna run for reelection said, no way. No way will I ever uh, tolerate the legalization of reefer. I would never, ever, ever use uh, revenue raised by taxing the sale of reefer to uh, finance government. And here we are, 
how many years later that is? Five years later, and we're about to, guess what? Tax refer and use it to pay our obligations. So uh, I'm killing two stories on the list with one stone there, D. One, yay for legalized reefer. And number two, Democrats, don't listen to the mayor roms of the party unless you want to continue to lose. All right, so there you are. And listeners, don't worry. I'm going to keep trying, twisting this man's arm for him to do a... Uh, legal reefer special on the Vendrovsky <laughs> show where we get Ben high on an edible and he does an interview. Uh, yo, Joshua, man. Be awesome. Uh, what was my question? I forgot my question, man. No, you don't want that. I think it'd be entertaining. Mm, I'm yeah. going to keep trying, guys. <laughs> okay. Don't worry. All right. Yeah. <laughs> Maybe it'll be like a three minute podcast. It'd be awesome. All right. Moving on. Time for number four. By the way, we're doing the top. 10 Chicago and Illinois stories of 2019. Number four. All right, time for number four. Burt Gate, Arroyo Gate, Sandoval Gate, and more. Our number four top Chicago and or Illinois story is all this damn dirty Illinois corruption. It's Corruption Gate. All right. Now, I'm all over the map with Corruption Gate. Before we get into it, it all started at the tail end of 2018 when the offices of 14th Ward Alderman and now former chairman of Chicago City's Finance Committee, Ed Burger King Burke. (laughs) He shook down a Burger King in his ward, guys. Uh, His offices were raided by the FBI. The following comes from the Chicago Sun-Times. Federal prosecutors rang in 2019 by slapping Chicago's longest-serving alderman, Edward Burke, with attempted extortion charges January 2nd. In the weeks that followed, the Chicago Sun-Times revealed then-Alderman Danny Solis, been of what ward? Oh, well, he's no longer the alderman, but it was the 25th. Huge dork, guys. <laughs> Danny Solis had worked with the government to record Burke, and the newspaper exposed the contents of a bombshell affidavit. The document not only contained salacious details about an investigation of Solis, it revealed the FBI had secretly recorded... House Speaker Michael Madigan. That was a fitting start to a year that would also see the feds charge state Senator Thomas Cullerton, Thomas Cullerton, not John Cullerton, with embezzlement and state rep Louis Arroyo with bribery prompting him to leave office. By the way, still got my eye on you, Johnny Cullerton. (laughs) The feds also revealed the cooperation of another elected official, a state senator, who they say secretly recorded Arroyo. A source told the Sun-Times that person is Senator Terry Link, though Link has denied it. Burke would also eventually be hit with a 59-page racketeering indictment. Additionally, halfway through the year, federal prosecutors secured the cooperation of another key player, longtime Chicago Teamsters boss John T. Coley. The labor leader agreed to, quote, fully and truthfully cooperate in any matter in which he called upon to cooperate when he pleaded guilty in an extortion case in July. Almost done here, guys. While other politicians may not have been charged, many appear to be in the crosshairs of multiple ongoing criminal investigations into public corruption. Raids by the FBI in 2019 targeted Alderman Kerry Austin. She was actually in the news today. State Senator Martin Sandoval, Cook County Commissioner Jeff Tobolowsky, probably butchered that, and multiple suburbs. Allies of Speaker Madigan have been circled by the feds and Exelon and ComEd face a U.S. Securities and Exchange Commission investigation into the company's lobbying activities after the sudden retirement of Exelon's top executive. Holy Lord, that was a mouthful. 
mouthful, but there's so much damn corruption. It's our number four uh, story of Chicago and or Illinois, all this damn dirty corruption. Yes. All right. I said I had mixed feelings about this. Uh, on the one hand, I confess, I take utter delight in following this. It, nothing exposes the complete and utter hypocrisy of politics in general than the revelations that pop up from time to time that our politicians are on the take. You know, uh, talk about do as I say, not as I do uh, in Chicago politics. And so uh, let's just take Ed Burke as the top of the list. For years and years and years, Ed Burke was the chairman of the City Council Finance Committee, which means he oversaw the approval of every single budget, every single contract, every single TIF deal. Hundreds of millions of dollars passed through his committee, and uh, he shepherded through passage. Uh, He was a close ally to uh, two mayors uh, during this time, Mayor Richard M. Daley, who was the the ruled Chicago in the 90s and the O's, and Mayor Rahm Emanuel, who ruled Chicago in the teens. Uh, And as such, he was considered a great citizen in the city of Chicago. He used his power uh, as a Cook County uh, committeeman to uh, help slate judges. So his control not all not only reigned over the cook over the city of Chicago's budget, its contracts, its TIF deals, but the whole judiciary. Almost every single judge owed his job to getting slated by Ed Burke. Not only that, his wife Ann Burke uh, herself was a state is is currently a state Supreme Court justice. So nobody epitomized the power of Chicago like Ed Burke while he was doing this. While Ed Burke was doing all slating judges, ladies and gentlemen, overseeing the approval of budgets, overseeing the handout of TIF money, uh, championing every dumb idea that the mayor came up with from selling the parking meters to staging an Olympics and parks that we otherwise use for things like softball and flag football and tennis, et cetera. So while he was doing that, he was running a property tax uh, appeal business in which he used his connection with uh, the uh, Cook County Assessor to encourage uh, businessmen, property owners downtown to come to him to get their property taxes lowered. When he got their property taxes lowered, guess what? Your property taxes went up, suckers, because the less those Ed Burke clients paid, the more you paid, all right? And year after year, he would not only get elected by the people in the 14th Ward, he scared off anybody who would dare to vote for him. All the powers that be, they loved Ed Burke. The newspaper editorialized for him. Oh, what a great leader he is. We oh, have... was that an impression of anybody in particular? That's just a general, my general newspaper editorial oh, okay. voice. Okay. Uh, Sounded like John Cass, but go ahead. <laughs> Johnny yeah, I can't blame Ed Burke on Johnny Cass. When when Ed Burke would have a, uh, a fundraiser, the lines would go out the door, everybody paying, oh, Ed, let me kiss your ring. Oh, Ed, you're wonderful. Then all of a sudden, the feds came a-knocking. Turned out that Danny Solis was wearing a wire. And they, <laughs> Danny Solis, the alderman of the 25th Ward, got in trouble on something. I can't remember why he got in trouble. But to avoid a hefty uh, prison sentence, he started wearing a wire. And the first one he went after was the big tuna, Eddie Burke. Next thing you know, they got tapes of Eddie Burke cutting deals, shaking down all kinds of people for TIF money and all this, that, and the other thing. And all of a sudden, everybody's running the other way. Oh, they don't want to be anywhere near them. (laughs) Typical Chicagoans, man. Things get a little... You're all kissing his ring when he's in power. You know what he's doing. This is what kills me, D. It's the utter hypocrisy of people in Chicago. 
Well, they know what the game is. They know what's going on. They know it's wrong that the chairman of the finance committee would also have a property tax business, that the guy who had the property tax business would be slating judges, et cetera. You all know that's going on. But then when the feds finally released the tapes of the secret conversations as recorded by Danny Solis, they're like, I'm shocked. I am outraged. This is terrible. Oh, that's Greg Hines. <laughs> that's your Greg Hines impression. Sounded just like him. Oh, God. Chicago. You're such fools. I love you, Chicago. Been here forever. But good God, you pretend like you pretend like the sun's not in the air. Oh, sun's up in the sky. Nope, I don't see any sun. Mm-mm, don't see it. It's right in front of you. Uh-uh, don't see it. So then these corruption stories emerge, D, and I'm like, uh, oh, this is, I'd like to see how the deals are really uh, go down. I'd like to read the transcripts, what Ed Burke says in private to uh, Danny Solis or what Terry Link, oh, allegedly, he, he denies it, says to Louis Arroyo. I love all these details. I love the reporters for gathering the details. But I got to say, Chicago, and you're the one who elected him. You're the one who supported him. You're the one who patted on the back. You're the ones who told him what a great job they were doing. You're the one who kissed the ring. So I got to say, guys, have a hard time believing that you're all a little innocent and not a part of it. And uh, have a hard time believing how outraged and shocked you are when you discover that the people that you probably knew were corrupt we're actually corrupt. So will we see more corruption in 2019? Yeah, of course. It's Illinois, guys. Duh. We're definitely going to see it. In fact, Ben, I'm going to make a bold prediction Uh-oh. right here okay. on the Benny J bonus interview special. Whoa. I know. A 2020 prediction. I say in 2020, <laughs> they're coming after Madigan. Feds are going to raid Madigan's office. Well, they're already circling Madigan. They're, invading, yeah. they're getting his office. In the year 25, okay. 25. Yeah. They're, uh, but I, don't, I think Madigan's a smart guy. Huh? Oh, what, you think he can duck, uh, get around the feds? Is that what you're saying? I'm Are you saying, implying that he's going to do some crazy maneuvering to get around the feds? I'm saying that Mike Madigan's a smart guy, and he's too smart to get caught. That's what I'm saying. Hey, how about a prediction? Huh? All right, there's your prediction. I say the feds are coming for you, Madigan. Please don't shut down this show. Okay. <laughs> <laughs> All right, yeah. On to number three. Ooh, I love that music. Okay, you say that every time. <laughs> but it's There's, true every time. We've done seven of these. You've said it every time. All right. Time for number three. Number, number three. three. <laughs> ben, you got a you got a career in voiceover work there. Yes, that was good. I do. All right. Our in num- a world where Dennis was the doctor. <laughs> All right, let's hear what our number three story is, everybody. Mm. Wait, where'd it go? I don't know. Oh, my God. Okay, here we go. Here we go. Ben, please be quiet. Here we go. That we finally have an offer in writing. We've been saying that for the last 10 months that we needed offers in writing that reflected the transformation that we've been working for for the last 10 years, to be honest with you. The CTU's bargaining team continues to move the goalposts and bring in more issues that do not belong in any collective bargaining contract. October 17th, 2019. The Chicago Teachers Union goes on strike. Teachers got out of their seats and took to the streets, leading to a walkout that would last 11 school days, the longest teacher strike in three decades. And if you were to ask Chicago Mayor Lori Lightfoot, probably the longest 11 days of her (laughs) life. But we were right here covering it. And for days on the Ben Jarofsky Show, we would play the back and forth audio between the Chicago Teachers Union and Mayor Lori Lightfoot. And for what it's worth, 
was very entertaining. Ben will walk us through uh, all of this in moments, but students finally went back to school after the mayor agreed to make up five of the missed school days, funding some of the teachers' lost pay. Benny J, your thoughts on our number three Chicago and or Illinois story of 2019, the Chicago teacher strike. Well, as you know, D, on the Ben Jarofsky show, we were pretty much pro-teacher, uh, and a big surprise there. Uh, my mother was a Chicago public school teacher. My mother was a, 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 the union rep in her school, and she wanted to strike many times. So I've, at, from the earliest of ages, I heard about teachers and the, the bureaucracy at the Board of Ed and mayors and so forth, et cetera. And it probably helped shape me as much as anything else and turn me into the person I am now. Uh, that's sort of a prelude to why I have a general, my general instinct is support teachers. All right. That said, now let's be rational, folks. I'm just going to try to be logical with you. Do it. All right? Just going to come on, Chicago. Come sit on, Chicago. Down. Sit, down. sit down. Sit down. So many people in the city of Chicago would come into this studio and say, well, Ben, the teachers just wanted to go on strike. It was a power play, Ben. See, that's what they were doing. They were mad because they supported Tony Brickwinkle. Of course, I was off the mic. They yeah. never did say anything like that on the mic. Well, yeah, I know. I know. The best conversations were, <laughs> you know, Ben, see, here's how it went down. See, they supported Tony Brickwinkle. She lost. So they had to let Lori Lightfoot know that they were there. Get it, Ben? That's how power works. So that's so how I go. So they're just striking because they want to send a message. There's no reason for them striking. Yeah, man, that's how it goes. So let me see. They're striking because they say they need more nurses in the public schools. Uh, is that not worth striking over? Well, habba, habba, habba. In other words, folks, you buy in to the baloney they feed you. Just like with the corruption stuff. You look the other way year after year if your people you keep electing are corrupt, and then you pretend you're shocked. Shocked, I tell you. When they, uh, they go... There's a tape of them taking bribes, and they go to jail. So with the with the teachers, it's this. You say you want your tax dollars spent on things that matter to you. You say you want your tax dollars spent on schools. Well, the teachers union were standing up to hire more nurses. All right? You say nurses in the school. To hire, it's a good thing. To hire more librarians. That's a good thing. To hire more therapists. And then so all, people, all of a sudden, all over, people, all over town, people in Chicago are going, either one, we can't afford it. Or two, you didn't have to go on strike for it because Lori said she was going to put it on the budget. Or three, I hate teachers. <laughs> Some instinctive reaction. It's all political. And the reality is this. If they hadn't gone on strike, Lori Lightfoot would not have committed to hiring those nurses. That's the way it is. It's, anybody knows this. Uh, we have a dear friend sitting in the corner, Alex. He knows this stuff. If they don't put it in writing, what good is it? Why do you always <laughs> talk to people without microphones? That's not good podcasting. <laughs> I just saw him and it popped into my mind. Everybody knows you're in a deal. You have a contract. And the other person says, well, I'm just going to promise to do something. Guess how long that promise lasts? It doesn't last. So they wanted it in writing. And all of a sudden, everybody, all the editorial writers are like, well, they, I don't know where they're going on strike. She said she was going to do it. Like anybody ever delivered on a promise. It's in the mail. Have you ever heard if it's in the mail? It's the oldest line in the book. Oh, yeah, that money I owe you. Yeah, it's in the mail. So the teachers went on strike for something that would benefit people other than teachers. What teacher's going to be benefited directly by a nurse? And here's the other thing about the teacher strike. That the reigning minds in the city of Chicago told the teachers essentially, shut up and take the money. And the teacher said, no, we're not going on strike for the money. Yes, you gave us a raise, but we're going on strike for more nurses. And the reigning minds of Chicago said, you're hurting the children. 
How's it hurting the children to fight for more nurses? For the, the nurses are for the children. It's not like the teachers are saying, oh, let me think this. We're going on strike so that you spend $1.3 billion underwriting the development of an upscale project in an already gentrifying part of the city. Oh, wait, nobody had to go on strike for that. They're always mo- it, That's the other thing, D. When it comes to money for nurses for poor kids, I'm sorry, we're broke. Looking everywhere, nope, no money. Nope. When it comes to pensions for retired cops, oh, can't find it, no money. For retired firefighters, can't find it anywhere. But when it comes to Lincoln Yards, there's money. So that's what I'm saying. When the city of Chicago stops throwing money out the window for every upscale development that every upscale developer wants, then I'll believe there's no money for nurses. Until that day, hire those nurses, D. Our host, Ben Jarofsky, is on fire, people. Oh, and Ben, that money I owe you, it's in the mail. Oh, yeah. (laughs) And before we move on, we got to play the probably (laughs) what? So funny. I just water went down the wrong way. <clears throat> oh my. All right. And Don't get me started. Well, you got started. I'm trying to end you. All right. All right. And uh we can't we gotta play the piece of audio that we had throughout the strike. Man, it was classic. Probably my favorite piece of audio that I've ever cut. Uh CTU president Jesse Shark, he was out on the streets oh, in the traffic. Yes. And you know, he's getting support. You know, he's out uh, there on the side of the high schools getting the people all riled up, and then cars would come by and uh Jesse Sharkey versus traffic. Maybe this is my top favorite uh, story in 2019. I, um, right now, um. (laughs) Good times. Yeah, it was like, you know, whenever uh, the teachers would be on strike and they'd be on the sidewalk, most people support the teachers. Here's a shocker. This is classic Chicago. Let me just take this one. Here you go. Here's a shocker, ladies and gentlemen. We're always being told that, like, somebody on strike has no support. Striking teachers have no support. Striking auto workers have no support. We're always being told, like, like, they're trying to instruct us not to go with our gut. Like, you can't have health care for all. Bernie is wrong. Bernie is outside the mainstream. College education for all? Uh-uh. We can't afford that. Meanwhile, by the way, did I tell you, D, our defense budget for one year is $738 billion with a B. That's one year. But, nope, can't have education for all. Anyway... So we're always being told by the powers that be that nobody supports the striking teachers. And yet, whenever the teachers go on strike, every car that goes by, eh, 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 the horn. So the teachers are on strike outside Lane Tech. And Jesse Sharkey's having a press conference. Those big trucks coming through. <laughs> <laughs> Jesse's like, oh, wait, I'm trying to talk. All right, moving on. And we are down to our final two stories. Let's go. Dun, 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 dun. Number two. <laughs> what could it be? Number two. Well, you're about to find out in a minute. Okay. I keep forgetting to play this audio before we do it. Mm-hmm. All right, here it comes, everybody. Maybe. Here we go. What do you regret most in your professional life? Well, there she goes again. You've made a hallmark of your campaign since um, February 26 to denigrate me. This is a person who is complaining now about the tenor of the campaign, but who in the first debate called me a liar and has repeatedly said that, that, you know, I'm a cockroach. Holy crap, I'm getting flashbacks. Number two (laughs) is the Chicago mayoral runoff. Political outsider Lori Lightfoot and Cook County Board President Tony Preckwinkle were the top two vote getters among 14 candidates running for mayor in the mayoral election. Neither received more than 50%, so therefore... 
we had a runoff. Yeah. Lightfoot captured more than 90,000 votes, and Preckwinkle uh, received more than 83,000 votes. Bill Daly came in third. Ben, walk us through memory lane. Your thoughts on the mayoral runoff. Well, what I was doing while you were uh, playing that bit, uh, just a flashback. Uh, back in the old days when we had a radio show uh, before um, something happened, I can't remember. You were fired. Oh, yeah, I forgot. WCBT 820. Oh, uh, yeah. W- facts matter. Yeah. yeah right. Matter of fact, you're fired. <laughs> we're facts matter, except for the facts that they don't like. Um, and Ben, uh, you're too liberal for the liberal radio station. I believe, uh, it, I believe the words were, get out of here, douchebag. <laughs> <laughs> oh, and take your douchebag bull's hat with you? Something like that. No, and could you ask your friend to come into this room so we can offer him your job? Oh, there we go. What a class act. Anyway, where was I? Uh, ben, you're fired, but could you ask Dennis to come in here so we could... Mayoral sit? runoff. Oh, yeah, sorry. Uh, we had a little segment we did at uh, WCUR later, um, and, uh, uh, and that was we would have guests come in the room. And we would give them a challenge. Uh, name all the candidates in the mayor's race. Remember that, D? That was oh, yeah. a lot of fun. Uh, and by the way, our guests did terrible on that one, uh, including some political experts who will not be named in this segment. Oh, I'm naming them. Way to go, David Ferris. <laughs> hey, he's a national political expert, all right? Uh, anyway, so when you were doing that, I was like giving myself the challenge to see if I could... Um, uh, if I could remember the names of the 14 candidates. You want to and- do a little uh, 2019 Chicago uh, mayoral challenge? Uh, let's see. All right. I, I'm going to fail. Uh, let's all right. See. Well, let me get the clock going Wait, here. Hold on. Hold on. All right. Hold on. Uh, let's see if I can do it. Uh, oh, you're, you're cheating. Okay. I'm going I'm, I'm I'm to start cheating. it right now. I'm writing the name. How am I cheating? Here we go, buddy. <laughs> I'm scared. <laughs> um, enough of the Greg Hines impressions. Uh, all right. Here we go. It is uh, Willie Wilson. Uh, Bill Daly, uh, Gary Chico, Susanna Mendoza, Paul Vallis, Neil Salas Griffin, Lori Lightfoot, Tony Preckwinkle, uh, Jamal Green. I cannot read my uh, handwriting. Oh, boy. And uh, I've lost track now. Um, Oh, Susanna Mendoza was in that race as well. Uh, And the old boy from the Southwest side, whose name, uh, Joyce, uh, uh, just blanked on his name. And... um, I think I've named them all. Have oh. I, I forget anybody? No, yeah, yeah. What a kid from Bridgeport? Oh, uh, the kid from Bridgeport. <laughs> <laughs> I don't know his name. Jo- Cotlarts or? Cotlarts, no. It was something. Coslar. Coslar. Oh. Cotlarts. Oh, look at Mr. Until I said it, you didn't know it. Hey, I'm whose not- name's on that banner? <laughs> not mine, dude. <laughs> Well, yeah, I was Coslar. I hit the buttons. <laughs> anyway. Oh, and you forgot, did you say Fioretti? Oh, I forgot Fioretti. Sorry, man. And Dorothy Brown for like a half a second. Okay, there we go. So we would, that was hard. So, you know, and uh, Steve James, the great movie maker, did a documentary, which is uh, airing at um, a Sundance Film Festival. Uh, it's a fabulous documentary. Guy's a freaking genius. And he followed. Oh, I can't believe it. Um, uh, who did we forget, uh, man? Who did, who did we forget? Uh, Enya. Mara Enya. Come on, man. You forgot Amara. (laughs) He screws up. He points to the banner. (laughs) My name's not on the banner. Your name's on the banner. That's correct. Uh, Thank you, Robert Mueller. Anyway, uh, so it's a great documentary because it brings back so many of the memories of the campaign. And, you know, ultimately, D, I have to say, 
say it. Uh, I, when I watched the doc, <laughs> this Steve James documentary, I got to see, a, he, he let me see an advanced copy. I kind of was depressed. I, you know, I mean, it, the, the couple things. One, the futility of it all. Uh, two, the candidates all kind of moved to the left, you know, because they figured that's where they had to be to win over voters. And then I watched once they get elected, of course, they move right back to the right and they discard all the things they say they're going to do. Uh, and then life goes on in Chicago, much as it always has, where the poor f forced to fend for themselves and the well-to-do do really well. And I, so, you know, just the futility of it all uh, and the meaninglessness of it. And it made me feel my own existence. Oh, my God, I've been writing about this stuff since before either one of you two in this room were born. And <laughs> where are we? Oh, God, I'm depressed. I'm going to drink. Uh, old mm. and depressed. Oh, God, that water's good. It makes me feel better every time I drink it. Where's that reefer you had, D? I don't have any. Oh, Come said. on. Uh, so anyway, uh, but on the other hand, you know, I enjoyed the conversation, uh, like interviewing the candidates. And, uh, you know, so there I had just mixed feelings about the whole thing. Uh, and ultimately, I was glad when it was over because it was exhausting. Uh, and it came down, of course, to Lori Lightfoot versus uh, Tony Brinkwinkle. There you go. Our number two story, the mayoral runoff, which leads us to our final Chicago and or Illinois story in 2019. Yes, number one is next. But, Ben, mm. before we find out number one, number let's one. go over two stories uh -oh. that did not make our list. Oh, my God. What didn't make the list? The first, because uh, it got so much national attention that I think it probably made people's national uh, news stories of 2019. Smollett Gate. I can't believe that's not on our list. I talk about, I still talk about that all the time with Ramon Hussein. But I Friday. just explained it. It's got so much national attention. We're kind of, you know, we want to hone in on the local. You well, know I, mean? I, the Smollett Gate is a fascinating story on so many levels. This was uh, back in January, and you all know what it is. The Time Empire actor, Jesse Smollett. Fake to hate crime in Chicago. Said it was guys in Trump hats. It was <laughs> negative 16 degrees. It was false. It was weird. All right. I'm going to say this. This man does not want to take a bow, but this needs to be said. Young Dr. D, what? the pride and joy of Alton, Illinois. Me? The man, as Alex can tell you, they call white lightning back home was immediately said that story is bs he said it <laughs> right at the top that's correct <laughs> and and typical me i'm like always like a week behind the story remember i'm like what what story huh and ben you haven't been following this thing you know and i kind of hadn't been following Oh, because you were fired and we didn't have a job. We weren't. We, the new oh, show right. hadn't started yeah. yet. Yeah, I had, I had a was, big old beard. Yeah, I, I had a beard. Oh yeah, man. You were depressed, smoking cigarettes. Like, oh my god. And eating Doritos. Oh yeah. Uh, I was not smoking cigarettes lately. But I was eating Doritos. <laughs> Out of everything, it uh, you know, that, just, that cigarette thing was not funny. Uh, anyway, so uh, you know, but uh, Doctor, this story, this is not true. And Smollett was on TV shows, and he was saying how horrible it is, and all these liberals were running to his defense and tweeting out how horrible it is. And Dr. D said, this is not true. And the, I believe the element that you fixated on to show that it was not true is that 
Um, nobody would be wearing. Uh, no, there was something about a Subway sandwich. He he was holding a Subway sandwich. Is that it? No, my thing was it was so damn cold, and they said he was wearing hats like yeah, MAGA yeah, hats. Like, what? You're not wearing a beanie? Yeah. There was something about the Subway sandwich too. I think that that was just fixated in the fact that he held on to the Subway sandwich even though he was assaulted. <laughs> I still get that Subway sandwich, folks. Guy just got beat up by two MAGA hat wearers. By the way, there's still some people out there who actually believe him. I know. There's people, you believe anything. In fact, there's some people out there who believe that Ed Burke's innocent. How about that, <laughs> D? What's worse, if I could tie all our stories together? That's somebody good. who still yeah. believes that Justice Smollett is innocent or someone who believed that Ed Burke was legit, that people went to Ed Burke for property tax appeals because, well, he's a good lawyer. All right? I, <laughs> which worse? I don't know which one is worse. Anyway, uh, so let's give Dr. D credit. Oh, yeah, thanks. Yeah, yeah. thanks. Not only is he the doctor, not only is he white lightning, but he saw through that Justice Smollett thing <laughs> right away. And once I saw, oh, yeah, this is all bogus. And the whole thing fell apart. And uh, we'll be talking about it for another year, I'm sure. Oh, yeah. The other story that did not make our list, mm -hmm. Eddie Gate, the time Chicago police superintendent, uh, Eddie Johnson, <laughs> was fired after footage found on a security camera of him uh, being drunk and, uh, I don't know, getting a little frisky. Yeah. Okay. This was a story that titillated Chicago. Chicago, I love you dearly, man. But it's like that Frank Sinatra song says about Chicago. I saw a man who danced with his wife in Chicago. And the thing about the Eddie Eddie Johnson thing was like he was making out with a woman at a bar who wasn't his wife. <laughs> so people in Chicago are like, wait a minute, she wasn't his wife? You mean he was playing around? Well, people in Chicago, man, oh my god, I'm shocked. Shocked I tell you that Ed Burke is running a property tax business while overseeing billions of dollars. Anyway, I, Eddie Gator was I stand to this day, D. I know I'm going to lose a lot of my lefty uh, listeners on this one, my progressive listeners. I feel well, if they are still around after that Joe Biden rant you went uh, on. Wait, which one was that? Uh, pick one. <laughs> uh, I, I feel that Eddie Johnson uh, was abused uh, uh, abused on this one, and uh, I, you know Eddie Johnson took the he stepped up for Mayor Rahm and then uh, Mayor Lightfoot. They used him when they needed him to be the front man on their policing policies. And then when he was disposable, they disposed of him out the door. Be a lesson in there for everybody out there. All right. So those were the ones that did not make the list. Sorry, uh, Eddie Johnson. Maybe uh, you'll make the list next year. I don't I'm think you sure want to be I'm sure he doesn't want to be on the list. <laughs> By the way, did I tell you? I saw a man who danced with his wife in Chicago. All right. Mm -hmm. All the millennials stopped listening. <laughs> okay, here we go. Number one. Our final story. <laughs> 2019. Drum. I think everybody knows what it is. This little light of mine. <laughs> I'm going to let it shine. Our number one story happened oh. April 2nd, 2019. Lori Lightfoot mm -hmm. wins the mayoral election. Ben Jarofsky. Your thoughts on uh, Mayor Lightfoot's tenure thus far? Well, her tenure thus far. First of all, I'm going to say this. I voted for Voted for me. Every time I say that, I always do my Barack Obama invitation. Uh, uh, voted for Lori Lightfoot. Uh, voted for her twice. Uh, getting better at it. Uh, thank you. Not as good as your Greg Hines, but still pretty good. I, I don't even have a Greg Hines invitation. Yeah, you do. Come on. <laughs> uh, how about my Ken Davis invitation? No words, but yet a fantastic impression. Not sure how he does it. Uh, so, anyway, Lori Lightfoot. Wow. Lori Lightfoot. I um, was charmed by Lori Lightfoot. I admit it. Yep. 
I admit it. She came to the hideout, and she uh, was a great guest. She was guest. chugging that two-hearted ale beer. Oh, yeah. She was playing it off. Was she drinking? I don't remember. That's that. the beer with, like, a fish on it, right? The two-hearted ale? Yeah. I don't know. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Oh, was this the Dr. D show? Uh, she was sitting right next to you. You didn't know she was chugging a beer? I don't remember, okay? Uh, where were you on that night? I don't remember. That's You're where she, lying. That's oh. where I thought she was kind of cool. Like, oh, man, look at her chug that uh, beer. She was. She she had great uh, answers to the questions. She was on point. She was funny. I thought she was charming. She answered the questions that uh, Mick Dumpkin and I threw at her uh, a lot more clearly and to the point than Tony Preckwinkle did when Tony was on the show. And uh, I was impressed. And plus, she knew her audience. She knew, oh, this is a Ben show, so a bunch of lefties. And so she she came at it from the left, and she denounced Lincoln Yards, and she talked about needing to spend more money uh, in uh, poor neighborhoods and talked about the need to come up with more progressive progressive forms of taxation, criminal justice, et cetera, et cetera, and so forth. Uh, and she has to come through uh, on all those promises since she was mayor, to put it mildly, particularly the Lincoln Yards deal. Uh, she backed off from fighting it uh, vociferously. That it was approved right before she was sworn in. She could have fought it, but she backed off. And then, of course, uh, when the um, Amisha Patel's group, Grassroots Collaborative, filed a lawsuit to torpedo Lincoln Yards, a Lloyd Lightfoot sent in city lawyers to fight that lawsuit. So she effectively defended Lincoln Yards while pretending she had nothing to do with it. So I was disappointed with her on that front. Uh, on the other hand, you know, I, she's better than Rom. I think she's better than Rom. I think uh, she's not as much of a jerk as Mayor Rom is. Uh, she has a temper, it's true, and she can personalize things. Yes, it's true. Take a chill pill, man. Yeah, thank you, Rom. Uh, but she's not as arrogant, and I think she's a better symbol of the city of Chicago. So I remember when <clears throat> Rom replaced Daly. Uh, my good friend Mick Dumkey would tell me, Ben, you got to admit it's better. Just we need a change. But after a while, the more Rahm was in the office, the more I missed Daly. And I spent 20 years fighting Daly. But that's not the case uh, with Lori Lightfoot. So I feel that Lori Lightfoot has to be pushed from the left to get her to do the right thing. Wow. Left, right. Get it. Oh, uh, wow. And that's, hey, that's what we're here for. Right, D? You know, we're the alternative voice. We're like the lefty voice. <laughs> Uh, what's left of the left in the city of Chicago? The city's like at least 60, 70% lefties. And yet we all got all these centrists running uh, of the city. Uh, so, How about the fact that she won every single ward? Well, okay. Uh, let's two points on that. Number one, uh, Tony Preckwinkle had the unfortunate uh, experience of running at the very time when Chicagoans were trying to show how much they d disdained uh, old democratic corrupt politics as symbolized by Ed Burke. They put up with it for all those daily years and all those ROM years, but now they're they're upset with it. And so Tony paid the price, uh, obviously. Uh, and uh, Lori Lightfoot was a breath of fresh air. She was not directly connected in any way to Ed Burke and the uh, democratic politics of the city. So in that way, uh, she was, it, you could vote for reform. You could believe, you could convince yourself you were voting for reform when you voted for Lori Lightfoot. And the second point that I uh, have to make uh, is the one that, <clears throat> uh, the greater point in many ways that upsets me the most, only 35 or 34 or 33% of the people in the city of Chicago could vote cast 
their ballots, even bothered to vote. So the overwhelming majority of people sat out that election. And, uh, well, you sit out the election, folks. You get the government that you deserve to a certain degree. Every, my lefty friends get mad at me when I say that. Now, as soon as I said that, I could just hear all my lefty friends. Ben, it's because they have no choice. That's why people don't vote. Stop blaming them, right? Don't they always say that? I, oh, yeah. What is it? The vote shame or guilt? I forget what they always tell me I do. Vote yeah. blue no matter who? No, they say I'm, uh, I'm uh, shaming the voters uh, and blaming the voters when actually it's the, pro it's the process that's at fault or the political parties that are at fault or the candidates. There's something to set, be said for that. But be that as it may, uh, only 35% of the people in the city of Chicago tops bothered to vote. In some wards, it was like high 20s. So it's 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 a, a it's a case where the vast majority of people are not participating with democracy, and yet that democracy that that democracy is participating with them. If you get what I mean. Whoa. So yeah, man, it's some heavy stuff. Hey, Good ben, thing we got that reefer. Is there uh, is your seat getting warmer by any chance? Because you're in the hot seat, pal. <laughs> no. You're in the hot seat, buddy. What I do now. 2019's come to a close. 2020 is tomorrow. Mm. So I know you don't like when I do this, but I think it's a great time oh, to do no. it. Oh, A grade. Let's give Mayor Lori Lightfoot a grade. Oh, I've already given her grades. Well, we're doing it again. Uh, what grade would you give Mayor Lori Lightfoot in 2019? Do I give her overall grades or just like one overall grade? One overall C. grade. C. I give her C. Not C minus, not C plus. No, C. Solid I C. Know what I'm C. I'm a C guy. I got a lot of C's. I was a big C student, man. You do. Oh, yeah. Teacher's like... We're going to give Benny a C. Uh, that way we don't flunk him, so we don't have to see him again. Oh. Get it? Oh. Uh, and it's more like catch him at Zany's this week. See weekend. you later. Uh, but we don't want to encourage him too much. So C, you know. I knew how to get by with the C. You just slack off the uh, first half of the, the uh, class, and then the second half you pick it up, get a C. Oh, the sad part was I was trying. Oh, nope. That is sad. It is sad. I'm really going to try in algebra this year. Oh, it's so hard. I have to go watch the Bulls. So there you are, everybody. That is our top 10 Chicago and or Illinois stories of 2019. Let's do a quick recap for everybody so you can go and tell your friends and share and tell them to download this. Number 10, Pritzker's Fair Tax Initiative gets on the ballot in 2020. Number nine, when that damn alligator was in the Humboldt Park Lagoon. Number eight, Confederate Railroad Gate. Number seven, Mayor Rahm, the pundit. <laughs> He's awful. <laughs> Terrible pundit, ladies and gentlemen. Number six, the Lincoln Yards development deal mm -hmm. gets approved. Number five, legal recreational marijuana coming to Illinois. Mm -hmm. Number four, all this damn dirty corruption. Number three, the teacher strike. Number two, the mayoral runoff. And number one, Lori Lightfoot becomes mayor. Ben, anything you'd like to say to our listeners as we uh, go into the new year? Yeah, I'd like to uh, close this segment by turning the tables on you, young Dennis. Oh, my God. All right. Uh, this is uh, a little test that I cooked up for our last segment. Yeah, I, I love this. You're going to be hearing a lot of this for the next oh, is this week. Is this a song so. thing you Yes, did? it's a song thing. Okay, all right. All right, sure. so the New York Times on Sunday, Sunday's New York Times, had a playlist, a What the Rally playlist says about the candidates. And all these Democratic candidates were president with their playlist. Okay, I, now what we should do uh -huh. is you give me the song and I'll, and I'll see if I can tell you who sings it. 
rather than going, huh, do you know what that is? You know what that is? And then the answer is yes or no. I try and guess the singer. You didn't run this by me before the show. Alex, did I tell you that Dennis went to radio school? (laughs) You're welcome. Unbelievable how much he knows. Uh, This is called pre-show prep on the Ben Jarofsky show when we're on the air. This is how we're going. All right. So what do I do? I read you the name of the song and you tell me the artist. Is that how you're going to do it? Yeah, there you go. Uh, we'll go to Elizabeth. Well, that was bad on that first, that show. Oh, man. Oh, uh, <laughs> hope is, what was the High Hopes. All right. You know that one? All right. High Hopes. Panic at the Disco. Wow. Good. Alex nodding his head. Yes. I write Sins, Not Tragedies, another song by Panic at the Disco, but go ahead. I never heard of Panic at the Disco and never heard of either song. All right, here we go. Uh, Panic on a podcast is what I'm hearing right now from you. All right, let's see if you can do this. We're going back in time for this one. This is from Elizabeth Warren's playlist. (laughs) Vogue. Madonna. Whoa! All right. Um, Correct. From also from Elizabeth Warren's playlist, I want to dance with somebody who loves me. I want to feel the heat with somebody. I want to dance with somebody with somebody who loves me. Whitney Houston. That's correct. Whoa! Are you telling him the no, world? No, no, no. <laughs> All right. Um, from again from Elizabeth Warren, taking care of business every day. Taking care of business. I know the song. Taking care of business. And working overtime. Work out. I know it's not right, but I'm just going to say Huey Lewis in the news. <laughs> negative. Negative, negative, negative. Watch your language. Do you, uh, do you know the name of the song? Uh, do you know the name of the group? That's my friend Alex. Uh, Bachman Turner Overdrive. Oh, yeah. Okay, right. here we go. Um, I've never heard of this group. On Top of the World. Sitting on top of the world. Wait, that's not, no, that's not Brandy. On top of the world. I got nothing. Is that the, you actually, were you singing the right song? Well, no, it's a Brandy song. On Sitting on top of the world. There is a song called Brandy. <laughs> the artist is Brandy. I know, but there's a song called Brandy. On the list. Alex, please sing Brandy. Brandy, you're a fine girl, such a fine girl, what a good way. Boy, this has really turned into a singing <laughs> podcast. All right. Uh, th- As a whole. Uh, I forget. I lost the song. Oh, Where, what was the name of the last song of the list? I win. Uh, no, On Top of the World. Alex, you- Very good. Imagine Dragons is the correct one. I did not, never even heard of them. Man, Alex should be doing this. Last song. Hey, I got a lot of them right. <laughs> okay, here we go. Here you go. Let's see if... Oh, Guarantee he'll know this one. You right, ready? Hold on, hold, no, no, I'm not. Hold Last on, hold, one of the hold day. Hold on, hold on, hold on. All right. <laughs> have to have that music playing because it helps you. This is the last song of the day. See if you know it. We'll okay. close out the year with this one. If you win it, uh, I will send a million dollars to you in the mail. <laughs> uh, it's in the mail. Cool. All right, here we go. Elizabeth <laughs> Warren's playlist. See what you did there. Uh, last song is called Keep Your Head Up. Keep your head up not your y-a keep your head up yes i know how to read it's keep your head up i'm reading in that that story uh no it's not keep your head up it's keep <laughs> your head up keep your head up right yeah y-a y-a yes okay it's tupac whoa million dollars is in the mail right now okay <laughs> chicago it's just like those nurses that uh lori life would have hired if the teachers hadn't forced her to put it in the contract it's in the mail the uh any day now it'll be arriving if you have any problems well, call i tell Alex. you what's not gonna happen in 2020 on the ben Jarofsky show an interview with lori life <laughs> 
Okay. I had an interview with Lori Lightfoot in 1919. I'll have you know. 1919. Did I? <laughs> <laughs> huh? Dude, you're like, are you like 103? Uh, I'm old. I'm old. 1917 is a movie I tend to see. Anyway, every 2019 we had Mayor Lightfoot on. That is correct. All right, very good, Dean. Uh, anyway, that's the end of another great bonus segment on the Ben Jarofsky Show. And on behalf of Dennis and Alex, who's in the studio with us right now, I want to wish absolutely everyone the happiest of New Year's, right, Dee? Be yeah. safe and healthy and well. And I just want to thank everyone who listens on the live stream, anyone who downloads. Uh, it's been a, an interesting year here on the Ben Jarofsky Show. We got picked back up. It's really cool. All of you people are, we can't thank you enough. We think you're so awesome. I almost cursed. We think you're so awesome, and we look forward to making more shows in 2020. Well put. Nothing more need be said. Have a great New Year's, everybody, and uh, we'll see you on Thursday. Take care. That's correct.